China's stock markets opened in a less-than-festive mood after the Lunar New Year holiday. The US dollar is expected to stay strong through the first quarter. ANZ looks at what it will take for a 7% official cash rate in New Zealand. And Thailand's growth was weaker than expected in the last quarter of 2023. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our deep dive interview, ANZ senior commodity strategist Daniel Hines explains why oil prices haven't spiked much despite widening conflicts in the Middle East. Saudi Arabia and the broader OPEC plus alliance have continued to to cut output. But what it has done is, is obviously raised the level of spare capacity. Now, that can act like a buffer for the market uh, at times when supply um, can be disrupted unexpectedly. But first in 5 and 5 with ANZ. With US markets closed for the President's Day holiday, all eyes were on how much China's stocks would strengthen after Lunar New Year spending data and a raft of interventions from the authorities ahead of the holidays. The CSI 300 index of local stocks rose only 1.2% yesterday. That was milder than expected, while the Hong Kong's Hang Seng was down 1.1%. Expectations are rising that authorities will do more to boost confidence after China's premier told officials on Sunday to, quote, undertake more activities that are conducive to boosting confidence and expectations, end quote. Number two, the US dollar has strengthened in the last week after stronger-than-expected US inflation data pushed out expectations for the first Fed rate cut. But will it keep rising? Here's ANZ's head of FX research, Marjabin Zaman. We continue to think that the US dollar will remain robust over Q1, you know, especially because we think the Fed will only start its easing cycle in Q3. And of course, the US economic data that we have seen so far remains pretty firm. Having said all of that, you know, I think we can't disregard some subtle signs of softness that we see in the data, which we think will probably, you know, start to weigh on the dollar uh, by the end of Q1 into Q2. We have seen softness in some underlying indicators of, you know, the US labor market, such as falling average hours worked. Even the retail sales number, which we saw beat for December, was much weaker when we compared that to the previous year, Christmas spending. Number three, despite that US dollar strength, the Aussie and Kiwi dollars have held up reasonably well. The Australian dollar treaded water overnight, sitting up a bit at 65.35 US cents at 4am Sydney Melbourne time, while the Kiwi dollar was up a tad at 61.43 US cents. Here's Marja Bean again. Look, I think Aussie and Kiwi are holding up for now. I think we do see today uh, weaker metal prices potentially weighing on the Aussie just very slightly. Of course, we've also seen mixed anecdotes around China property sales throughout the Lunar New Year period. Uh, so I think that will also be impacting Aussie and the Kiwi. But of course, uh, this is offset by positive risk sentiment that we have seen in the equity markets over the last couple of weeks. Number four, ANZ's New Zealand economists have just published their quarterly economic outlook with a new set of longer-term forecasts, including one scenario which would see the official cash rate there rise to a peak of 7% from 5.5% now. ANZ Research's central scenario, though, is for two more 25 basis point hikes to 6%. ANZ New Zealand senior economist Miles Workman says that scenario is based on the neutral interest rate actually being higher 
than the Reserve Bank's view from November. So in that world, we essentially have a higher neutral OCR, uh, meaning monetary tightening hasn't been quite as potent as we thought. Uh, And ultimately, in this scenario, you just get a string of surprises. You find non-tradables inflation, that's the sticky domestic type of inflation, that that just hangs around at too high a level for too long. And that actually sparks another round of OCR hikes, uh, which in this scenario takes the OCR to 7%, um, a, a full percentage point above our forecast for 6%. Uh, so it's it's certainly not a scenario that we would say is impossible, simply because if you think about this past sort of post-COVID era, we've been persistently surprised just on how inflationary the world has become. Number five, Thailand's economy grew 1.7% from a year ago in the December quarter. That was below market expectations for growth of 2.6%. ANZ economist Crystal Tan says delayed passage of the government's budget was a key drag, with a 20% fall in public investment affecting sectors such as construction, which fell 8.8%. If government spending doesn't pick up, the Bank of Thailand may have to loosen policy. If we were to see stronger growth in 2024, that's going to be premised on a continued revival of the tourism sector and also fiscal stimulus. Now, the tourism recovery does look like it's on track, but the boost from fiscal measures now look like it's going to be smaller than previously anticipated. So what this means is that we're likely to see another year of sub-potential growth this year, and this is going to pave the way for the Bank of Thailand to shift towards a more accommodative monetary stance. Crystal Tan there. Now, in our deep dive interview, ANZ senior commodity strategist Daniel Hines looks at why oil prices haven't surged a lot more in the last six months despite widening conflict in the Middle East that is threatening to cut supply lines and shut down producers such as Iran. It's all about surplus capacity built up by OPEC and Saudi Arabia in particular since COVID. Now, that can act like a buffer for the market uh, at times when supply um, can be disrupted unexpectedly. And certainly at the moment, uh, you know, most people would uh, would believe that you know the uh, the risk of su- of supply disruption is pretty high considering we've got a major conflict um, now in in Gaza very close to some of the biggest oil producers in the world but you know the market isn't reacting too aggressively to this uh, risk because you know we see a huge you know buffer in the in the system which could probably you know, withstand even, uh, you know, the largest um, possible disruption to supply that you could imagine in this current conflict. Daniel says that so far there hasn't been too much of a disruption to physical supplies, with between 15 and 17 million barrels a day being rerouted in tankers around the bottom of Africa and through other supply lines. The real amount, I suppose, um, at risk is um, Iran's output, which, um, you know, if they did get dragged into the conflict, we could see anywhere between one to uh, maybe two and a half million barrels a day impacted. So you can see the the level of scale that the potential disruptions could cause. And at the moment, it looks like, you know, the buffer in the system, that spare capacity could, could certainly handle that kind of disruption. And the role of Saudi Arabia as one of the largest producers with um, quite a buffer itself is interesting. Could you talk about how a recent decision they've made not to increase their total capacity again is a sign of plenty of, of buffer in the system? 
Yeah, so they, they are certainly the leaders of the OPEC uh, Plus Alliance and have taken additional um, cuts to their um, production to, to manage the market at the moment. Um, but they recently decided to not go ahead with their plans to increase their capacity to uh, 13 million barrels a day by uh, the end of 2027. Now, at the moment, uh, they're currently producing about 9 million barrels a day. So in effect, they're, they're sending a message that at the moment, you know, the oil market doesn't really need that additional spare capacity in light of, I suppose, the concerns around uh, demand over the, over the longer term, but certainly the management of uh, supply um, in the shorter term. So that suggests that they see value in the oil staying in the ground for the moment rather than uh, pushing it out um, and potentially lowering uh, the price. And looking then, therefore, at that su- supply situation and the, the demand outlook, what's your view then on what happens to the oil price um, through the rest of 2024? Well, with that buffer in place, um, you know, it's unlikely we're going to see, um, you know, the sudden spikes or the, the high level of volatility that we've seen in the past. And certainly that's been the case over the past uh, month or two, certainly since um, Hamas-Israel uh, war commenced. Daniel Hines there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Tuesday, February the 20th. Catch you tomorrow with a preview of Australian wages data for the December quarter, which the RBA is watching closely. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.